Welcome back to Real Life Deer Hunting Podcast. Justin's not with us tonight. I ain't sure what he's got going on. He must be busy. Uh, we got Tyler and Patty, myself here. And when we first jumped on, we was talking broadheads, uh, fixed blade first mechanical, and we all know how heated that argument can get. And so we kind of just go from that. Patty's been sharpening some. Uh, what do you say you got there, Patty? Magnus. Yeah, the Magnus Sting- Stinger Killer Bees for my yeah, recurve. He, he's sharpening them. Me and Tyler's going to stick with the rages. We know that a lot of people's down on the mechanicals. I've killed a lot of deer with them. Never had no issues myself. Knock on wood. I hope that I don't. But Tyler, you say you're going to stick with them? Yeah, I am. I'm going to. I've come too far to just bail on them now. So I actually uh, was actually looking at some fixed fixed heads to try to go to, but I've got enough I've got enough expandable heads that I'm just going to roll with it. And I've had some had some uh, bad juju going on here the last few years, but I'm not I'm not going to sit and blame a broadhead for my shooting abilities or just plain bad luck but just just one of those things you know bad stuff happens you know i used to shoot muzzies all the time and i lost deer with muzzies i mean when you bow hunt deer hunt i don't care if you're gun hunting you're gonna make a bad shot or have something bad happen you know and a lot of people blame it on the equipment when in all reality, if you had all of that on video and you could go back and watch it, I'm going to doubt that there's very many people that's double lunged a deer with rage and does not die. <laughs> I'm I will go on a limb and say if you double lung one with a field point, I don't care what you're shooting. If you double lung one, it's going to die. It's just you know, if a, if you shot a rage broadhead through a deer through both lungs and it did not open, you're still going to have probably an inch hole through that deer. Yeah, you'll be twice as big as a field point. It's going to die. You know, um, and I've made some marginal shots with a rage. I've shot several deer through the shoulders, big, mature deer, through, through the shoulders, and them die. I've hit liver and a lung, and them die you know uh so and like i said anything can happen i'm sure there's probably been some that people's had failures with them but if even if they did not open and you hit that deer through the vitals i don't see how they're not going to die no and i uh the biggest biggest deer i ever killed i killed with a bow killed with a rage and i to this day, will say that that broadhead bailed me out of that situation. Kind of a low light deal that when he came in, he switched tracks on the road after I drew, and my quarter away shot turned a quarter two shot, and I was in my peep and I didn't even, I didn't see it. And I I when I cut that arrow loose, it hit exactly where I wanted it to in the ribs on the onside so i caught lung liver 
and exit out through the paunch. And the just the cutting diameter guaranteed that's the reason I found that deer. The, the the oldest deer I've ever killed, not the biggest, but the oldest buck I ever killed, it was my very first deer I ever shot with the rage, and I was fighting target panic at that time. And I shot him high in the flank, and I hit that main artery running back there. And if, if I'd been shooting a muzzy or something like that then, I wouldn't, I'd never found that deer. I wouldn't have hit it. So, you know, the thing, uh, just, just like you saying, Patty, you know, you, you take, I don't care if you're shooting a muzzy. I don't care if you're shooting an annihilator, Walsh, Jack, Hammer, Schwacker. I don't care what you're shooting. If you hit a deer through one lung and a liver or the liver and the gut, that deer, if you shoot it, let's just say you shoot a deer back. You hit him through the liver and the gut. If you're shooting whatever, he's not going to die immediately. No. And where, where a lot of people screw up, and I've done this in the past, and that's the reason I'm so keen on it now, is if I don't know for a fact that I've shot that deer through both lungs and probably see or hear him fall, I'm waiting minimum of two hours. If I know that I've hit a liver and a gut, or if I know I had, you know, like I said, you know, like you was talking there a second ago, whenever you get drawn back and you're in that peep, you can miss that change of an angle. So let's say you, you shoot that deer and he's quartered to you a little more and you shoot through you know, we, we video everything now so we can go back and look there. If we know that that's a, a liver and a gut, I shoot that deer at dark. I'm not going back there until the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going back. And if people will practice that and give that deer time, because if he did run a hundred yards and fall over in his graveyard dead, he's going to be laying there tomorrow morning at a hundred yards graveyard dead. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> a dead a dead deer if he's dead now he's still going to be dead tomorrow he's going to be dead tomorrow but whenever you walk in there and he's not dead because if you shoot one through the liver and especially if you're you know say you're in a two or three acre food plot and he's across the food plot you shoot him and he runs a hundred yards before he gets to the timber if he's liver hit there's a high possibility that deer is going to stop and he's going to arch. He, he, he's going to be arched up because that pain hits him the, the, from being shot in the liver. They get, they get sick real quickly. What he's going to do is he's going to walk into the timber. He's going to get in there just a little ways and he's going to lay down. And that's where he'll lay until he dies or something jumps him. But it's going to take him six or eight hours probably to die. You know, so I think that's where a lot of the blame on the broadheads come from. Uh, personally, myself, I think that's where it comes from is human error. Because let's face it, we're all great bow shots and we are steady. That pin's rock solid. But whenever that shooter buck walks out there or that big old nanny doe walks out there and you draw back, some people 
and I used to be this way until I started purposely making and watching myself and doing it. That pin floats on that deer, and they just shoot. So maybe they swear up and down. I had that pin in the pocket behind his shoulder, three inches above the white line, but on all reality, it was on the fourth rib <clears throat> back in the center of the body when the bow went off. Yeah. You know, maybe so, maybe they worked a little bit. So all that stuff plays in, and I just don't think that the broadheads, all broadheads, get blamed for bad stuff, right? You know, oh, absolutely. Well, that's that's human nature. You don't want to you don't want to think that it's your your fault. You need to find something to blame it on. It's it's human nature. If you screw up, you're going to blame somebody or something most of the time. Yep. You know, if if you get a flat tire, if you're driving down the gravel road and you get a flat tire, it's not because it's a gravel road and there's rocks on it. It's because the greater man left a sharp rock in the road. <laughs> that, that I mean, that's the way it is. And I know that for a fact because I get those calls quite a bit being the commissioner. But, you know, that's just the way that human nature is. Uh, you know, if you rear in somebody, guess what? They didn't turn their signal light on or they just stopped immediately in the road. It wasn't because you was texting and not paying attention. That's the way mm -hmm. it was. Yeah. yeah and you, and you, you was talking about that taking a while for the deer to die. Well, that deer that I was talking about, um, I had shot him. It was, I, and it was right at dark and right at the first of both seasons. So I'm going to say, 720 to 730-ish in that range. And I found him at noon the next day and the blowflies hadn't even found him yet. Right. It took him a long time to die. Yeah. Took him a long time to die. And that was, you know, and it was 90 degrees and early or you know early bow season it was the 18th of september so i mean you know how, what the weather's like i mean 90 90 95 degrees i mean he was i mean when you picked him up he was still as limber as if he just fell over and died so i, I don't know how long he'd been there but it hadn't been long you know i shot a buck it's been several <laughs> years ago now i had an, an old video camera but that deer come in there and uh, he was quartered away, which I don't remember. I don't even remember if I was shooting a rage then or not. Whatever the case, he's quartered away, he's 37 yards. And I shot him. And whenever I shot, there was a couple other bucks there in the food pot. Just as I shot, he turned a little bit toward me. So instead of getting that, good quartered away going in at the back of the ribs coming out the shoulder i got more of going in the back of the ribs coming out mid of the ribs maybe and uh that buck run about 90 yards just like i say near bears ago he stopped and he humped up i videoed that deer stand there for nine minutes and i can't remember how many seconds it was but it was on the camera so you could see exactly how long he stood there. That deer stood right there, humped up with his head down, never moved except his ears, just his ears working, you know, for nine minutes and something. He stood right there, and then he bolted, and he took off, and he's gone. And whenever I say he was in a thicket, I mean, this deer was in a jungle. I mean, a jungle. 
It was thick. It was nasty. It was woolly. You know, you had to crawl around there. And, uh, well, I left there. I waited six or seven hours. I mean, a buddy of mine went back and looked. And where he stood, there was a pool, a massive pool of blood, of course. He stood there for nine minutes and bled. After that, I found two drops of blood. Two drops of blood. We looked and we looked and we looked. We looked the next day. We looked the next day. The third day, I went back there. I could see buzzards circling. And then I could see them go down and go in the timber. And uh, so I called a buddy. Told him what was going on. We went in there. And I found that deer. He stood up at the truck. And he said, yeah, there's buzzards flying, you know, go on or whatever. Well, I got in there and I could hear the blowflies, as you were saying, they hadn't found yours. They had found this one. I could just hear that. And anybody's been around a bunch of flies blowing. I mean, they're just a buzz. Oh, yeah. And uh, that deer, we had walked within literally steps of him. And he had jumped across a big log into a uh rose you know just a big viney thorny bush and had died that wasn't a broadhead's fault or you know i I made a marginal shot yes but it was not a broadhead's fault that deer i believe completely bled out standing there and then he took off and then he run and that deer didn't run 90 yards maybe from where he's maybe 100 at the most from where he was standing until he died. But he was, it was a downhill go. He ran straight downhill and died. And there was no blood trail to him. You know what? It wasn't the broadhead's fault because the deer bled in a massive, massive amount standing there. But, you know, it was just, I didn't double lung him and it is what it is. Well, how many times do you watch a hunting show and you'll see a deer, like after they shoot it, kind of hunch up like you're talking about, and then next thing you know, these people are like, oh, I shot that deer good, blah, 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 and then they're on a blood track and going, well, now we're having trouble finding blood or this and that, and it's like, well, that's why some of these people are doing that. They didn't grow up like we did with dads and uncles and grandpas that took us hunting, like some of these people are just getting into it and doing their own thing. Well, then they watch these guys on TV do this and they jump right out of their stand after they shoot the deer. Don't even wait 30 minutes. And someone like us see a deer hunch up like that. We're not even going to go after that deer because we know what happened. Well, here's the thing, Patty. This is, this is the magical thing about TV. What you think is 30 minutes might be the next day. Yeah. Some, some shows portray that of I shoot a Magnus Stinger Killer B broadhead or whatever it's the best in the world yeah and that's actually what they're pushing that's what they're selling uh you've got other shows that's you know a whole lot more honest about stuff I shot this deer back I'm gonna give him overnight we'll come back in the morning yep you know uh so yeah I could go out here and you know, the ace deer I shot last year, which I didn't find him. I gave him overnight uh, because I did shoot him back. I knew I did. He didn't, he wasn't 20 yards out of the food plot, you know. But if I went straight in there 30 minutes later tromping around, I may never found that deer. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he was mortally wounded, no doubt going to die. You know, and I was seeing in the video as he run off, I hit him back, I hit him back, I hit him back, I hit him back, and I could see the blood running out of him, but still yet I knew he was not double lunged. Yes. You know, so <clears throat> I could have easily, oh, I, I nailed him, you know, I drilled him and waited till the next evening and shot the recovery of it. You would have never known the difference. I could have said I shot this deer with a rage and made a bad shot and hit run 60 yards and piled up dead. Yeah. You know, and in reality, I would say that deer lived several hours. You know, maybe not. Maybe I did get an artery or, you know, got lucky and done it, but there is some of that goes on. Yeah. You know, we just. But I know, like, I see all the time on Facebook of, well, well, this is the blood I got. I tracked it for an hour. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's really dark blood. You, you, as soon as you saw the first dark blood, you mark it and you leave six hours. <clears throat> but some of these guys don't like, cause they're like, well, the guys on TV, like, well, that camera turns off. It's called editing. Like, well, there's a lot of magical things happen on TV. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, and that's and you're talking like six hours. I mean, it, and it all depends on where you hit that. Limit. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, like, if you, yeah, you know, I'm, like I, I totally agree with you. You know, I six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been watching some of these uh, blood blood trailing dog videos. And mm-hmm. listen to some of these podcasts that these guys are doing right now. <laughs> and there's some of these track jobs that they're on that it's a full liver, I mean, through and through. And there's deer still alive after 12 hours. Yeah. I, you know, when you talk about blood trailing, I don't know if I've told this or not on the podcast. Uh, I've actually was telling Patty and Tyler this story before we started recording here. I shot this Quigley buck last year, you know, four-year-old deer, which I, w- I had intentions of letting him go to five, but I decided with everybody hunting, I better go ahead and get him killed, or he- I wasn't going to have that opportunity. That's beside the point. I shot that deer that morning. Shot him with a two forty-three. He'd come out there. He's 105 to 10 yards. I don't know how far he was. He wasn't that far. And he, he, he come out and he stopped broadside and he throwed his head up. And after I shot him, I realized what was going on because I seen the doe standing up there looking down. He'd seen that doe. I was rock solid steady. So I don't know. And I shot to the left. So if I would have pulled, I surely would have pulled to the right. So I don't know if he went to take in after that doe or just as I shot. I don't know. But whatever the case, I hit the deer back. Uh, and whenever I shot him, of course, I thought, you know, he's going to go down, he's going to go down. Well, that deer ran up there, went through a little ditch where there was some cedars and come out on the other side, and all I could see was these horns, and he stopped, and I could see them horns bobbing. And then he just slowly walked off. So I knew the deer was hit back just from his body language. I never went back in there for several, several hours. Trailed him in there. There was a little pond up there in the woods. He had bedded down right there. And then he was up. There was blood all in the bed, and there was blood leaving the bed. As soon as I saw that, I left there. I backed out and left, and that wasn't 50 yards deep in from where I'd last seen him. So I backed out. Called a deer, or called a deer. Called a guy the dog. 
and told him what was going on. He said, yeah, you're right. It's probably no doubt a liver shot. Just the way he acted, way bedded down. You probably jumped him when you went back. Uh, long story short, he came in there that night with a dog. <laughs> and I learned that night that I would always trust a dog. He had a great big old bloodhound. And he went to that. He, we went to where I shot him. He picked it up and took him. And he took us straight to that bed. He stopped right there at that bed and made a circle. He made a sharp right-hand turn and went up to the road coming into that farm. It's a private road, but there's a fence on both sides. And he went to that fence. And we looked and looked and looked and looked for blood. Never found none. So he went down, restarted him. He'd done that four or five times. He took us back to the same spot every time the fence. Finally, the last time, I think it was Caden there, uh, he got looking. He said, well, Dad, there's blood right here. And there was blood at that fence. We'd missed it every single time. So he, he crossed the road, went across the road, made a big U-turn, and he went back across the road. And whenever we come back across that road, that dog stood up on his – and I'm talking, I shot that deer 30 minutes after daylight, and this is 10.30 at night. So it's, you know, over 12 hours. And uh, whenever we got ready to cross back over the second fence, after we crossed the road on the way back, that dog stood up on his back legs and went to barking. And he grabbed him, pulled him back. And I said, what's the story? He said, that deer is still alive. I said, are you sure? He said, no doubt. He said, I've tracked not how many deer this dog. He said, that deer is alive. And uh, so I tied a ribbon up right there where their last blood was. And he said, don't come back in here till tomorrow, you know, afternoon sometime. He said, I have seen deer. 18 hours later, shot through the liver, still alive. 18 hours. Well, it went on. I went back there and and walked everywhere for that deer, and he had made another U-turn and crossed the road again. Uh, I found blood where he crossed the road again, and then I couldn't find no more blood after that. It, It was a week to the day. I was taking cattle in there and turning cattle out, and I went in there, I unloaded four or five loads of mama cows, turned them out there, and everything else right there. And a week, that was three or four days before I found him, a week later, me and Caden was in there chicken cows. And the coyotes, or neighbor's dogs or something, had pulled on him enough and pulled him out from underneath a big dead cedar. And we found that deer right there. And they had ate on his hindquarters and had his hind end all ate up. But you could see the bullet hole going in that deer, and it was three ribs forward from the last rib. And that deer lived at least 18 hours. I don't know how quick he died after we left that night or whatever. But he lived, well, I say 18 hours. He said they could live 18 hours. But he'd lived 14 to 15 hours for sure from the time I'd shot him until we was tracking him that night. Yeah, and that was with a high-powered rifle. That was with a high-powered rifle. That's crazy. You know, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure who was sicker that day. You or the deer? <laughs> uh, that would. I didn't hunt the first morning of rifle season. The wind was wrong, and uh, it was rainy and just nasty. I didn't even hunt. I never even went hunting all day. I never even bought my tags until about morning to like five o'clock uh you know 
and so I, I bought my tags that morning and then went back and laid down in bed and something just was telling me because he was the only deer I wanted to kill. He was the only deer I wanted to kill. And I had 11 cameras on that farm and there was one scrape that I would get pictures of him on and I'll post some pictures of him on that scrape. I'll post them on the later so if anybody's listening they can see him. There's one scrape on that farm that I had that deer's picture on in like a month's time. So, but and I had said before that I knew history would say he would be back there in daylight. I had pictures of him a couple of years in the for history. He'd be back there, and I laid down in bed that morning, knowing that that date in history, last couple of years, I'd had daylight pictures of him. And finally, I talked myself into going. It was breaking daylight before I got in the ground blind that morning and ended up killing him. But after I shot him and didn't find him, the sickness, because I've got so much respect for an animal like that to start with. The time, the effort, the preparation, the planning. And I don't know how many times I told my wife that I called that deer squiggly. I don't know how many times I told my wife that week. I said, I can't believe I screwed squiggly. You know, and it, it was all I thought about. And anybody that's ever done that knows what we're talking about. You know, I can't believe I screwed squiggly. I can't believe I screwed squiggly. I was sick. I never went hunting again. I walked and looked and looked for that deer. Every single day, I guess. And then just found him right there. I mean, he literally wasn't 200 yards before I shot him. I mean, I could. It was. Yeah, maybe 200 yards when I shot him. You know, I I remember when you called me that morning. <clears throat> I had just got back to the cabin, was packing my stuff to head to North Missouri for my gun hunting week. I go up there, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, he's killed him." I'm gonna stop. I'll stop by on the way up and look at him. And it was like the longer I talked to you, he's like, "Man, this is not." This is not turning out good. And before we could even get halfway up there to you, it was like, yeah, we're, we've bailed out and we're going to come back later. And I was like, oh no. Yep. And uh, it was, and whenever we, I was on the phone with a buddy of mine talking about whatever, when me and Kate went there to check cattle that morning. And I was driving across that field. There's a two track goes through there where I drive in there. There, you go in to a field, and then you drive across the field and open another gate up to get where I had the cattle. And I looked over, and I seen those horns sticking up. And he's got he had big old splits on his G twos and threes. And I could see those splits, and I just hung the phone up. I guess my eyes must have been as big as saucers, because Caden looked at me and he said, "What?" I said, "There's freaking squiggly," and he looked up. Um, and it was like the weight of the whole entire world was lifted <laughs> off my I probably called Tyler right then. You did. You hadn't even made it to him then, or you had just found him. I think you were standing over him when you called me. But I got <laughs> that night, Candace said, I'm so glad you found that deer. I said, why? She said, because you're a different person. <laughs> <laughs> But. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, my wife put me on suicide watch. Um, 
she was like, God, I, I cannot wait for deer season to be over with. So that way I can get my husband back. <laughs> oh, God. I, I mean, you talk about suicide watch. I don't, I was, I was scared to be by myself. <laughs> oh, it, it's not a fun feeling. It's not. And if you hunt long enough, that's going to happen. Yeah. If, you, if it hadn't and, happened, you ain't been hunting long enough. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. That's those guys that tell you, well, I've never lost nothing. Well, you just haven't done it long enough. Yeah. You will. You will. You, If you've killed enough, if you ain't shot one and made a marginal shot, you ain't shot, you ain't shot enough deer. Especially with a bow. I've had people first year bow hunting go out there kill deer just year after year. And then, well, I don't know how you wound a deer and just gut shoot one and never find it. And it, you ain't hunted long enough. Just give it time. Nope. If you ain't never missed a Galbert 20 steps, you ain't shot it enough. <laughs> you ain't shot it enough of them, that's for sure. I guess I ain't shot at enough of them. <laughs> you know, well, I remember one guy, you know, he was saying, I don't know how anybody, I wasn't with him, but I knew the two guys that was together. He said, I don't know how anybody could miss a gobbler at 20 yards with a shotgun. <laughs> he said, I don't know how. Tyler's probably thinking of another story. But them two guys, the morning that they was telling that, the one, he said, we sat down. He said, called a gobbler in. He said, I guarantee you. He said it was 20 yards on the dot. And he said he shot and never touched a feather on that turkey. And he said, whenever it flew out of there, he said, that's how you do it. You know, didn't, didn't someone miss the turkey last year with you guys? Yeah, that was Justin, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, he he missed one, but he blamed. See, remember back there just a few minutes ago, we talked about you don't want to take the blame. <laughs> then he blamed me for not telling him to shoot the turkey. He said, by the time you said to shoot it, all I could see was its head in the brush. I said, that's what you're going to shoot, its head. Uh, <clears throat> that that was a pretty good morning. Me and Tyler got a good laugh out of it, if nothing else. <laughs> it was a pretty good morning. Got flipped off. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> you know. I, I did shoot at a turkey one time at 25 steps, and he gobbled at it. Oh, yeah. not not even kidding. My dad and my brother were sitting right there watching it. As soon as they hit the road, there was two of them. First one hit the road, he threw his head up. I cut down. That son of a gun just gobbled. Bah! I was like, what am I even doing? <laughs> yeah, we was in Mississippi. Oh, it's been a few years ago. Caden was about nine or ten, so it's been longer than a few years ago. It's been six, seven years ago. And, uh, I'm awful bad to just carry two shells in a shotgun. That way, because most of the time when I'm just, you know, if I'm walking, I just put two in a magazine and then chamber one when I sit down. And if I get up move, I eject it and put it back in the magazine, you know, just safe, crossing fences, whatever. And, uh, well, we went that morning and called two gobblers in together. And they came in there, which it was thick. He should have still killed him, I, I believe, but it was thick. And they got up there about 20 yards. He shot and missed. And they run out there about another 15 yards and went to gobbling. Well, I just went to call him, and they came right back in there. I mean, right back, right there. And he shot, 
and missed again. On well, one of them flew up in a tree, and the other one stood there on the ground gobbling. And he was saying, Dad, give me a shell. Dad, give me a shell. I said, I ain't got none. We're out, son. It's over. It's, <laughs> we're, we're done. <laughs> well, there we go again. Blame somebody else. Then if he told a story, it'd be, I would have killed a turkey in Mississippi. Dad would have brought more shells. No, you should have killed one of the first two shells you had. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, that's the good thing about turkey hunting is if you miss one of them, you might get mad, but you ain't going to be on suicide watch. Nah, turkey's a turkey. Turkeys are stupid until you go to hunt them. Well, you might think they're stupid, but I guarantee you that an old gobbler can humble you as fast as anything on the face of this earth. <laughs> That's a fact. I've, I've hunted Arkansas the last three years for turkeys. I know they can humble you. I haven't shot a turkey since I've moved down here. That's why this spring I'm coming to Missouri and one of y'all are putting me on a bird. <laughs> well, it must be just because I know me and Tyler ain't. I have text messages that say you are. Oh. <laughs> but, well, I did get a stand move today. I got what we call the buck to tall eight-pointer. He's actually got nine, ten, eleven, twelve... 12 or 13 points this year, just some stickers and a little G4 he's put on. He's a five-year-old, one of those monster genetic 120-inch at best five-year-olds. Caden's girlfriend, Courtney, she's going to try to kill him. Last year, he was a daylight walking son of a... uh, Literally, I've probably seen that deer from the stand 15 or 20 times. And we didn't hunt that farm, but 20 times maybe, different places, and you'd see him everywhere. So I'd say the odds of killing him's high. That food plot where he's at had the best soil test of any of them, but it's coming up worst of any of them. And uh, that, that, that blows my mind. And it, it done the same thing last year, Tyler. Uh, early plant. It didn't come up good, which we didn't have a lot of rain. Now, this one's got one good rain on it, and there is some of it that's just, I mean, you got to get down and look where the no-till was, and there's some of it that's just an eighth of an inch out of the dirt. Do you, do you think, I was thinking about this, I've been thinking about it since you were sent me those snaps today. Do you think that you may have some residual from that spray that you sprayed on it to kill it? I don't know. All my other plots that I sprayed with the same stuff's coming up. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that stuff had no residual on it. Man, yeah. Now Man. that now you say that, you say that. I rinsed that tank out, but I do believe that was the very first plot I sprayed, and I did have some stuff that's got a residual in the tank, so there could have been enough residue to get me. Because mm. I, I mean, that's, I mean, I've been thinking about that all day, and it's like, it, it, they just didn't make any sense. And and then I got to thinking, I was like, I know he sprayed those, but. Now, let me say, now, you've got me to thinking now. Remember, that, remember that Snapchat I said is coming up around the edges real good? Uh huh. I hadn't built that fence yet when I sp- sprayed that plot. And whenever I built the fence, I moved the, I, I had flag, 
I had that flagged. I had that food plot flagged out wherever, where every corner post was going to go. And I ended up moving that and made that about 30 yards or 30, probably 30 feet out, 20 to 30 feet out, bigger than what I had planned. And so everything that's outside that perimeter is what's growing good, isn't it? Everything that's outside that perimeter, and listen to this. I had a strip of screening. The cows weren't supposed to be able to get up there, and a tree fell on the fence, and the cows got up there. But I already had the screening planted, and I'd sprayed that early, and them cows got up there and ate the screening. And that strip that goes across that food plot where I had that screen, I didn't spray because the screen was there at that time when I sprayed. The cows hadn't got in there and ate it yet, and it's coming up where that screen was. I guarantee you I had a residual. So once again, operator air. <laughs> that's, that's like a slap in the face. I'm going to blame it on the seed. <laughs> but, I mean, after what you, you say that, if you wouldn't have told me that, I could have blamed it on somebody else. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, ever, since you told me that today, I've just been kind of racking my brain. It's like, man, it sounds like he's just got like a delayed residual effect there that's keeping that stuff from coming coming on that's gotta be all it that's because that plot is coming up so good around the edges and where that screen was and that's the only place it wasn't sprayed i bet that's it that mm. burnt that really burns my hide you know what i have to do now <laughs> gotta go replay it <laughs> But anyway, back to the story. I'd say she'll kill that deer. I can't believe I've done that. I can't, I can't believe that I've done that. I that's got it. That's what that, I told Candace today when he was over hanging that stand. I said, This don't make sense. It's going all the way around the edges and right down this that screen that I had planted across there. And then when the cows came in there and ate the screen down, I just went ahead and no tilled right over the top of it. But I do remember you watching that portion that tank out after that though I get, that's got that I mean because there's no other rhyme or reason that's got that's what it's got to be has to be don't yeah it's got to be uh, I think she'll kill him there is a couple big black oaks right there and that's the reason I moved the fence is because one of those big black oaks is actually on the outside of the fence but a lot of the, you know, the drip line of it, you might say, where the the limbs and stuff hang out, mm-hmm. on two, that a lot of them fall in there. So I went ahead and made that fence to where that, you know, they would fall in that. And last year, the, those black oaks had a lot of acorns. And I watched that buck and several other deer. They would come out and go over and eat around that black oak. So uh, I'm hung a another stand there today to where if they do that that's going to put them coming walking right straight in front of her it's on a bluff you know south wind dead easy foolproof access i'd say if he's half as active in the daylight as he was last year and according to the cameras he's going to be i'd say a sit or two on the right night he's dead 
has she has she shot anything with archery equipment before? Yeah, she's just... killed she's killed some does. Oh, okay. I didn't know if she killed anything or not. Yeah, her and Caden went last year and she killed a doe and I think she killed a few does with her dad. Um mm-hmm. I don't think she's killed a buck at all. I don't not not that I know of anyway. Well, but it'll be good first buck. Oh yeah, you've seen pictures of him, ain't you? Mm-hmm. I mean he's a I mean, he's a solid deer. And he might score more than one twenty. I don't know. I just said one twenty, but he's probably in the one twenties at best. I can tell you them five year old one twenties are just as hard to kill as a five year old two hundred. Oh yeah. And the deer ain't <laughs> He's been the exact same. Well, he ain't going to be as hard to kill because he walks around aimlessly in the day. <laughs> but uh, that deer from three-year-old to today, the only thing <laughs> is game stickers. That's it. That's it. He's not ain't added no mass. He's not added no length. He's not added no beams or nothing. He's just, he is what he is. Well, I can so, tell you when when they don't add anything, it's sure a, <laughs> a shoddy feeling for you. <laughs> when when they go down about five ten inches, <laughs> you know I've got a three year old there right now that uh, last year as a two year old to this year has absolutely blown up. Uh, so if I could get him another two years. I'd say he could be something special. And he's a homebody. He was last year, you know, as a two-year-old. I mean, I saw that deer lots and lots of times. I actually sent Gabrielle over there. She killed a buck last year. Uh, You know, know the story, but I'd sent her a picture of that deer. I told her, I said, and she was there to kill the tall eight-pointer. You know, as a four-year-old, I told her, I said, go over and shoot him. And we'd seen him the night before. And he just wouldn't turn. He's with a doe, and it just didn't work out. Uh, but I sent her a picture of that nine-pointer, and I showed him before I left. I took Candace. I sent her another picture. I said, if this deer walks out, you'd better not shoot. It was her very first night hunting by herself, ever. And I said, if that deer walks out, you better not shoot it. She said, I ain't going to shoot that deer anyway. It's not big enough. Well, she ended up shooting a year and a half old little basket <laughs> <at any> point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she swore that it was the tall eight pointer. I mean, I, we was hunting about an hour away on another farm. And by the time we got here, you know, I, I was all hyped up and thought she'd kill that, you know, that four year old eight. We tracked him up boy. And there it was basket racked eight pointer. Didn't even hardly have enough horn to grab a hold of him, drag out of the timber. But <laughs> She swore, swore up and down that wasn't the deer she shot. And I said, well, the blood started where you said he was standing and it ended where he's laying. So I'm pretty sure it's to say it's the one you shot. But I've had that happen. I shot an eight-pointer with my bow. I think I was in high school still and I was hunting with my uncle. And uh, I made a bad shot on it. I did. I, I flat out gut shot that deer. And we waited till the next morning to go in there and uh, – there was no blood, nothing. We were just grid searching. And it's probably 150 yards. We found it in this big ravine. And we got down there to it. And I was like, this ain't my deer. That was, that was bigger than this. this. This ain't mine. And my uncle said, yeah, because there's just dead eight-pointers just laying around everywhere out here. Just go ahead and take your pick. 
<laughs> You've never had a ground shrinkage, have you, Tyler? What's that? Sorry. You've never had a ground shrinkage, have you? No, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I always blame it on something else. It's never my fault. No, I... I'm, they, they're always way bigger than I thought when I brush through. I can tell you, I've never walked up on one and it was bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> I yeah. have three different times I have. But all three of them times... I wasn't hunting for mature deer or a big rack deer. I was just hunting for deer. And they walk in and I start focusing on a kill shot and don't even care what their head had. And that's, that's, that's one thing, you know, that cameras have done for me is because usually you know what deer you're there to kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the biggest thing cameras have done for me also. It's like when you see a deer – even if it's a deer that you're not going to shoot, you you automatically know. It's like, all right, that's I'm not even not even going to start going through my steps because I'm not going to kill that deer. Yeah. Nope. You'll never pick the bow up off the hanger. Well, what do we got? We got like what seven days for the bow opener. Yeah, seven. Well, what's today? The eighth. Today's the eighth. Yeah. We're about there, boys. I'm not. Well, you got two weeks. Uh, ours opens the 25th. So, yeah, 10, 10 days after ours. So, 15 days. Yeah. I'm ready for it, and I ain't even got nothing to hunt. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I think I think my I can get my daughter on that. Mr. Droop's deer, that droopy main beam deer, he's... I've been getting a lot of pictures of him here the last two weeks. One four eleven inch times. <laughs> I don't even care what he's got. Don't that's, that's what I'm ready for. I'm ready for her to kill it. That's, that'd be exciting in, in itself watching her kill that deer. But uh, I want to see what he scores just to see how far off Travis is. <laughs> <laughs> I might be dead wrong, but that deer <laughs> better than Tyler thinks he does. I don't know. Well, I hope I hope I am dead wrong, and at this point, I really don't even care. I mean, he's he's old enough, and he's good enough that he's got her wound up. So that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Has he lost his velvet yet? As of Sunday, no. Well, he keeps velvet on. He may stay in that pattern good. I know he's coming right into that new food plot too. You know, my deer by the first of September nine that that eight corner that we're talking about Cordy hunting, he just shed a few days ago. But at by, at the first of September, I'd say ninety five percent of my bucks was a hard horn. I would say I'd say probably seventy five percent of the deer that I've seen or had pictures of are out. I saw three tonight in a group, and two of the three were hard horn, and one of them was still full velvet. Our our urban season opened up September 1st, and I've kind of been following the Facebook with some guys posting deer on there. It seems about 50-50. Some of them still have full velvet. Some of them, you know, it's, it's hanging off, and some of them are just slick horned already. 
know, but it's just like shedding horns. You know, now if a deer gets sick, he he's gonna shed a little earlier. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of them bucks are they're gonna drop their <laughs> horn and they're gonna shed their velvet about the same time every year. I found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just an individually individual type deer deal. Uh, the twenty eighth of August, on one of the farms, I did have a what appeared to be a decent deer show up. He was a long way from the camera. Uh, and that camera don't have very good service at all. So I'm not getting, I know I'm not getting all the pictures. So, uh, we'll see. And the picture that sent was about half gray on the reveals. Anybody that's got them knows that whenever they don't have good service, you'll get gray pictures sent. So that picture was about half gray, but, and it wasn't dark but it was dark enough that the infrared was on. And whenever that happens, you don't get a very good quality picture. So you could tell he had a good frame. You could tell he's a big old body mature deer. And I'm pretty sure I know what deer it is. Uh, but that was August the 28th. I believe it was, he showed up. So, but I'm sure he's been there more and there should be a few other deer there. I would think by now. So, have you noticed these deer just put bulking up here the last seven oh, to ten days? Bulking up. I mean, they went from looking like does with horns to bulls. Yeah, they're really they're really bulking up. My uh, the big deer that I was really going to focus on this year finally showed up, and I don't know, man. He's lost. He lost twenty inches. I went down. He ain't lost more than that. Yeah, and it may be more than that. I mean, minimum, minimum, fifteen to twenty inches. So I don't. I'm kind of up in limbo right now. So now, who was the dude that jumped on my case the other day? Because I said I don't know if I'd kill that deer or not. The one I was talking about getting, and you're like, anybody won't hunt a five and a half year old deer regardless of score. <laughs> blah 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 blah. And now here you are telling me this story. Yeah, but. It's different, but man. I, I know what camera. that deer. Was. I know what that deer was last year, and I really hate to see. Uh, if he walks by me, I'm gonna kill him. Just, I mean, he's a mature deer, so I will kill him. But I'm not gonna go out of my way and really try to target him early here, like I thought it was. You're not gonna get in there at five thirty in the morning, opening day. No, I think it might hold off now. <laughs> I think I'm going to hunt or open in the morning. I have, nev- I have never hunted opening morning of both season ever in my life. I even can't when tell- it was, even back when it was in October. I can't tell you how many does I have shot opening morning of both season in Missouri. <sighs> if I was going to shoot does, which I will shoot does. But if I was going to be just targeting does, I might hunt morning some where I know there's not bucks because it's just easier to do in the morning. You're not getting deer out at dark and, you know, early season, you got to get them gutted and get them quartered and whatever. But no, I, I won't be hunting opening morning, no doubt. For <laughs> sure. If I was hunting food pots yeah. and stuff like y'all, I wouldn't hunt mornings. Early season like that, I I wouldn't do it. 
but hunting big timber stuff like I used to hunt, it didn't bother me a bit. I hate hunting mornings anyway. I was gonna say I don't. <laughs> I enjoy mornings. I love hunting mornings. I, I, and evenings. I love I love hunting mornings. Like when it gets that end of October, first of November, I I love mornings. But it's just the I don't know. I I just almost dread it. Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go check them uh, two cameras tomorrow. Actually, I'm gonna go check all of my cameras tomorrow. But them two that I on them trees. I'm excited to see what is on there. Was there any tracks around those trees? One of the trees there was. And they were literally on only on one side, so that was a no-brainer where to put the camera. The other one, or the other three trees, there was nothing around them, but they wound up being them locust trees with the big thorns on them. And there was nothing around them, but... um so I kind of hung it in kind of like an island of trees between two fields. There was a trail. Of, I mean, it looked like a cow path coming through there. So I just hung it right there on that to see what's coming through there. You, did you make a mock scrape under one of them? I did on that one tree that was out there by itself that I did hang that one on. I made a mock scrape there. And, but there was like four people driving around scouting that day so i'm kind of curious if my cameras are still even there oh no that's why i originally would wait like another week but with that many people starting to go in there i was like eh it's been almost a week i'm gonna go in there and check them i mean it ain't like i'm gonna jump anything out there in the middle of them big fields right now that's something i don't understand taking people's cameras as a hunter why would you take somebody's camera? Yeah, I've come across so many stands and cameras. I wave at a camera every time, <laughs> but I uh, don't get it. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't want my stuff stolen. So why would I mess with anyone else's stuff? No. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, you know, there, there's nothing that makes me any more furious, any faster than a thief. Yep. Nope. Now, I do on one of my lease farms. I got some cousins that hunt with me. They Last year, I guess, was the first year. He's got people <laughs> they like to hunt. and I ain't got a whole lot of places to hunt. And I told him, I said, if you just want to go in half, I said, go in. We can't kill enough deer there ourselves to do it. So whatever the case, he, he put a reveal camera up and had it up there on a food plot. And I still plant all the food plots and do most of the work but i went up early the other morning walked up behind the tree and took his cell camera off walked around with it and took it and <laughs> moved it <laughs> and I, I waited all freaking day long i couldn't wait no longer and i finally i called him i said you get any pictures of deer this morning he said i don't know i ain't checked it yet and well what i wanted him to see is i was hoping he would see that and think somebody was still in his camera but he called me back a little bit, and he said, you idiot. And he said, I was looking through there, and I thought, what in the world? Then he, then he said, I got thinking, well, he's moved my camera. <laughs> so, that plot that plot there is coming up really nice. One of those, the other, the other one I looked at. And then the one that I said was, <coughs> that I said my season was going to ride on. 
it's coming up pretty dang, pretty dang good. Yeah, but, I've got that first one that I planted uh, this year is coming on really, really good. I'm uh, that food plot you helped me clean out, Travis. Early, it's it looks good. Yeah, it looks better than I ever dreamed it would. And my other plots are all coming up really nice. I got one that's got a lot of foxtail in it. And I had that sucker burnt down. I mean, it was burnt down. And I know, I didn't even know till it. That was no till it messed up. We talked about that earlier. I broadcast that sucker and it's coming up. I mean, it's just as nice and as even as it can be, but it's got that dang foxtail growed all through it. But it'll. Yeah, we, went, we, went, we actually went in and sprayed some foxtail that just showed up last weekend. And, it, I mean, it was in plots that we had we had clipped off, had them sprayed, and all of a sudden foxtail just showed up. I was like, good grief. Oh, well. They'll still eat on them. Oh, yeah. But Travis is yawning already. Season ain't even started. What are you going to do when it's... Second week of November, and we've been hunting hard and trying to do a podcast. If he's like me, he's he's already quit twice. (laughs) Yeah, by that time, I'll be quit. (laughs) I'll be mad. There ain't no good deer. (laughs) Shot one. Shot one. The broadhead opened a mid-flight and did a 90-degree turn and hit the ground or something, you know. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's, it's going to be here before we know it. The first first north wind we get, I think Hadley will, Hads will get a shot at that deer. I want you to video that. He's heard that hillside, just nothing but a big thicket right there above the above that plot. Remember where them lanes that you kind of cut up the hill? Yeah, I remember because I ran. I was going right up that hill, going real good, then right up on a stump, and I thought I was flipping over backwards. <laughs> but yeah, now he's... let me ask you this: We took, you know, when we pushed all those cedars and stuff out, I took all the cedars and I built that wall, that barrier, to kind of keep those deer from wanting to walk behind that blind. Have you noticed what's it look like? Oh, it looks awesome. There ain't nothing gonna walk behind that blind because after you built, you put placed everything over there with that skid steer. I had a there was a little tree that growed up. Nobody used that old shooting house down there in years, and there was a tree that growed up. It was actually leaning against the that shooting house, and whenever I cut it down, I. Used over the right behind it remember it's kind of like a little road that went back there or like yeah. a little path well yeah. that, that tree's laying across it now so there's absolutely nothing that can walk behind it it's got to go out and around to get into that plot now so anything that comes into that plot either side is going to be 15 20 yards so it's it's enough to get them away from it and get us a shot at him me and Caden were always building <laughs> Because if you ain't never done it, most time you can just put some deterrent up there, and a deer is lazy enough, they're going to walk around it, and so you can kind of deter them a little bit. Well, we had uh, 
stand we'd hung, and them deer would come up one trail of that creek, or what one or the other trails of that creek is actually the where he killed a fat lips buck. We talked about you and him killed turkey yeah. and fat lips the same night, and we took some stuff and put up there. And the first night, there's seven or eight does coming across that creek, and they all jumped. I mean, I had a pile of brush piled down through there. And they, every freaking one of those things jumped all that. I mean, they had to jump, it was six foot wide probably, and four or five foot tall pile of brush. And they all (laughs) jumped it and used that same trail. And they got up and smelled us. So I knew, hey, this ain't going to work to kill a buck. So me and him went up there the next day and took the saw, chainsaw, and cut a bunch of four or five foot long stobs, sticks. Well, on that creek bank, it was all muddy and sandy and stuff. We went all the way down that deer trail, sticking stobs in there, three wide. And every five or six foot, we'd stick three wide stobs in that trail. And we completely got those deer to quit using that trail and forced them all to the one we wanted them to. So just little extra stuff like that can make a difference. Yeah, I've, I've done that done that a few times you just kind of make it uncomfortable for them to use something they're like you said they're lazy they'll they want to walk with the path of least resistance anyway so they'll just go around it yeah and that the bucky that bucky killed that night you know he walked over toward that trail and stopped and looked you know and you know in his mind he was thinking of going up that trail and he thought, well, these idiots have blocked the route, you know. I don't know if that's what he thought, but that's what had happened. There was two idiots sitting about 20 feet in the tree watching him, thinking, we blocked your trail, buddy. You know, so, I mean, if you think about it like trappers, you know, trappers will do that stuff yep. purposely to make an animal step on the pan of a trap. You know, and you just... Try something. Yeah. I ain't scared to try nothing. No, that's, <laughs> I've had so many, <clears throat> so many times my dad and even back when my grandpa was alive, he's like, he'd ask me, he's like, what are you doing? I I made one of those horizontal rubs one time and it's what he, he said, what are you doing? He said, you riding horses out here? You, is that a hitching post? You going to tie your horse up? <laughs> I was like, no, deer's going to rub it. I'm going to get his picture. He said, well, my Lord, he said, I've seen it all now. And I've tried a lot of stuff that don't work, too, boys. Oh, I, about 99% of the things I've tried don't work. Yep, well, I've tried lots of stuff that don't work. I'm like, on that public land. I'm kind of restricted on what I can do, but I have uh, found some smaller trees that and drug them to kind of make the deer filter around to where I needed them to go so I could actually be in a tree. Like, I've done a lot of that out there, but on public, you know, I'm just, you're kind of restricted on what you can do out there as far as that goes. Yeah, you, you probably can't cut anything down or nothing. You just no. have to find them that fell over. You're not even supposed to have, like, a handsaw with you in your bag or nothing. You probably can't. You're not even supposed to use, like, a screw and bow hanger or something, are you? Mm-mm. Nope. You just got to use, like, a strap deal to go around the tree. Now, about everybody out there does, but 
they uh, talk about doing stuff. I can tell you something, you know, which I don't know if this would be legal on the ground you're hunting. You can call and check. But whenever I used to hunt in the timber more, I'd went in and, you know, around where I had stands and stuff, maybe in a white oak patch and take a freaking leaf blower or a rake before them white oaks go to dropping and blow around the trees that was right there around my tree and blow all the leaves out to where it was just dirt. And then them acorns are just laying right on the ground. They're easy picking right there. And them deer, will they prefer to go over and eat, you know, where they're not in the leaves and stuff. But then everybody else that walks by through there goes, what is this? <laughs> I think, you know, use and then, you, then you got company. <laughs> you use one of those straps you said you can use and hang a sign on there and says no hunting in this area. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, like, you will Hattie's, come, Hattie's place. You will come across signs out there now and again that'll like on some of them trails that'll say no, like no hunting past this site right now or whatever, because they're trying to trap hogs, and that kind of sucks when you got your mind made up and been seeing deer, and now you got to turn around. Yeah, that would suck. I I do not. Uh, I'm not jealous of you. I can tell you that. <laughs> I it would be tough, you know. But it, it would also be pretty rewarding when it works. It would be rewarding. So I, uh, I was when I was first started sharpening them broadheads. I was in the living room before we decided to do this podcast tonight, and I was telling Brittany, I said, you know, as much of a roller coaster ride as it has been with this recurve, I don't care if if it's a button buck, I kill with that recurve first. The first deer, when I find it, I'm probably going to have a tear in my eye. Like It's just going to be that rewarding. And she said, you didn't even cry on our wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> well, priorities, her, woman, priorities. <laughs> you tell her it was easy to find a wife and use a stud like you? So. <laughs> you know, I, no. I, I, public ground, you said, I don't mean to cut you off. But <laughs> oh, you're fine. Or, you said a couple of weeks ago we ought to have a competition to see who could kill the first deer on public ground. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had gotten some maps of a place here not too far from me. It's really the closest public and it's still probably a 20-minute drive. Uh, and I had full attentions of going in there and scouting it out. Well, come to find out, if you do kill a doe there, you have to use your any tag. Really? You can't use an antlerless tag. But that was the last year's brochure thing that I was looking at, so I need to read up on that. But if that's the case, I'm not going over it because I ain't going to waste a buck tag on public ground just to prove that you I can kill one quicker than you can. Well, I'd hope this year you can. I'm literally using a stick and a string. <laughs> I'm going to buy one of my lant, a lant. What do they call those where you... Atalatles? Oh, the spear thing? Yeah. Um, what do you call it? Adelaide. You sure that's how you say that? <laughs> I, no, no, I'm not. I'm not sure that's how I pronounced it, though. He went to school in Mountain View. Give him a break. <laughs> An Adelaide. Yeah, you're, you're that talking ain't about even a word. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's right. <coughs> you're talking. You're, you're you're talking about the uh, like the traditional. It's like a spear. <laughs> 
Yeah. But it, <laughs> it, it, truly to God, there ain't nothing named the Adelatl. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's right. Whatever, whatever the case is, like a spear that's got a handle on it, and you got to wind her up and throw it. Yeah. I'm buying one of those. <laughs> Don't fall on it. I ain't gonna fall on it. I'll kill deer with it. You and Tim Wells. I'll bet you 40 yards I could kill one with an Adelaide. I'm looking into this more. You're for something else. I'm telling you, it's right. I thought they were called like Altus or something like that. I don't even know what I, I thought. They was like a Atlantis or I don't know. Yeah. I can't spell that word. Adelaide. Just just go on YouTube and just type in how to use an Adelaide and let the dude <laughs> on there pronounce it while he's using it, and you'll see I'm right. Yeah, that ain't always right. That's like how they say Lebanon. Maybe he, maybe he went to school in Mountain View too. <laughs> well, he's a smart son of guns, all I can tell you. <laughs> well, I bet he can read a tape measure. And knows what seven inches is like. <laughs> we don't even need to start about the tape measure talk again. <clears throat> you uh, listen, here's what's going to happen. Guarantee <laughs> you'll kill that deer, and those tines are going to be nine inches. And whenever they are, <clears throat> next day, Amazon Prime a lion tape measure to your house to send a picture. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I will run a tape and I will video it, me running the tape measure, and just to prove to you, whether I'm right or wrong, I don't care. Oh, yeah, you do. I've known you too long. But I'm, tell- <laughs> I'm telling you right now, them are not nine-inch times. I'm telling you right now, they're over seven. I don't think they are. They got to be. <sighs> that no. other book. That other buck you had pictures of there with him, his G4s ain't very long, but his G3s are probably six inches, and they're longer than those. They're not. They're. I don't think they are. I think it's just the way the the two different horns are made. That other yeah, with they're him is like different. kind of a flat, laid out deal, and he's a kind of a tall, narrow deal. Well, yeah, I ain't measuring from his head to his tip of his tie. I'm <laughs> beam to his tie. I'm just saying it's an optical illusion, and them are not <laughs> nine inch ties. They are an optical illusion, and you're looking at it the wrong way. Well, I hope I am. I hope I am. At, I least, at least the podcast I world is getting us taste of our text messages throughout the day. Because <laughs> this is what it's like all day. <laughs> I ain't going to sit here and argue with an idiot. <laughs> Me either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Tyler got mad the other day and said, Kay then didn't respond for 12 hours. <laughs> he said he was working. <laughs> he wasn't working. Shoot, boy. He's looking at the pictures of that deer thinking I'm wrong. <laughs> I guarantee you that's not what was going through my mind. <laughs> well, first north wind, Mr. Droops is going to bite it. Mr. Droops is going to bite it. And I've got baseball games about every night the first week. So it's going to have to be 
perfect wind, perfect weather on a non-baseball game night before I get to go. And I doubt that I, well, I need to go get a different camera. I need to hang a camera there so I know what's there. Because I don't know. That cell camera, I'm not trusting. I, I know there's more deer there than what I'm getting pictures of. Got to be. Has to be. Yeah, I think that little cell cameras, I mean, they're they're nice, but I think I think you do miss quite a few pictures. Well, I know you do. Well, I mean, I was looking through that hard drive the other day at last the the first part of September last week. There were four different good bucks there. Two of those of which I will no doubt kill. One of those should be a really good deer. And then a third one I would probably kill. And plus a bunch of other bucks. And I've had a three-pointer and a four-pointer mainly. Yeah. You know, but it seems like certain times of the day that camera sends pictures. And then I don't, it don't make sense to me. And then they start getting that gray, half gray or box gray look. And then you won't have pictures. So um, that is that the same one you was talking about that didn't have the pictures on the card that you had on your that, phone. That's it. Because the last time I went and checked that camera, even some pictures that it had sent me to my phone was not on the card. So I'm wondering if you know maybe there's something with just that camera. Maybe. But I, I ain't gonna put enough faith in it. You know, I, I, I've hunted that farm too long. I've had too much history with them bucks. I know those bucks are alive. They should be there. And they probably are. I would suspect they are. And maybe I just ain't got their picture yet. I was going to say, heck, they could be 100 yards from there and just not been there. Well, and that the one scrape that I always get their pictures on... And the cows are there. I probably should hang one in there anyway. I always get pictures of them there, even though the cows are there. Uh, it's about 150 yards from where that camera's hung now. Now, I got a mock scrape there that I peed in. Uh, and that's the, the picture I sent you is that deer, that tree that's right behind him. That's where he's standing is at that mock scrape. I got you. So they could be on that natural licking branch that they've used for years. And just not because that food plot's not up to greatest yet. So I don't know. I'm thinking about. I went over this seedling and I was sitting in the truck. I was going to sit and watch the edge of that timber where they use that tonight and just watch. And then the neighbor called and I had cows out again for the second time today. So if somebody's looking for a good group of cows that will stay home, never get out, I've got, uh, there's possibly some for sale. Because I had just up an hour before that, and I was out again. Um, you would think as much as you would know how to build a fence that cows can't get out of. Listen, I come over <laughs> there, and I watched five of them son of guns jump the fence. The deer had, had the top wire broke. There were still three strands there, and they jumped the fence to get out into the field that don't have as much grass as the field that they was in. And I had the gates open there, and I got some hay there, silage hay that I don't have a fence around yet, so they can't get in there. 
But they jump the freaking three strands of barbed wire to get out into a field that don't have as much grass as the other one. So I don't know. That's they yeah, that sounds like cows. That's Lawson cows right there. That's that, <laughs> that's, that's the whole Travis mentality right there. I bought that cows. I bought that group of cows on that farm when I bought it. Been about a year ago, and not quite a year ago. Them cows have been out more since I've bought them, and they're not black Angus cows. But I've got cows on some rented farms that the fences are not very good on that never get out, and these cows are out all the freaking time. They they stay out. <laughs> They they just don't want to stay. They'll get out and just lay in the ditch of the gravel road. How's it going you bought from Salem? Uh, they're doing good. I've got seven babies out of them. They're good. They're good cows. They're good cows. Real good cows. They, they're good big frame, long, flat back. Good cows, the calves that I got out of them are doing good. I bought 31 of them. I got seven babies, and there's a lot of them really springing up. I've had six of those I've had in the last four or five days. So, they're doing good. They're black cows, so they stay home. I've got one, I've got cross fences there. (laughs) With one strand of hot wire, and the fencer ain't even turned on, and they don't get out. So, if you're listening to this and you like cows, get black. <laughs> so, I hope Justin listens. <laughs> I still well, haven't heard from him. He he he's he's grounded. Mama took his phone. Mama took his phone. <laughs> Put it on top of the refrigerator. He's laying in there right now <laughs> thinking what's the guy's talking about. <laughs> and he did. He got all the pots planted and it came a good rain right after he got planted. Yeah, I was I was anxious to talk to him tonight. I think he said he's got four or five one sixties on camera. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. He if he does, he ain't told us about him, has he? That's exactly Mm-mm. right. Well, what do you think about going to bed? I think I'm not going to be far behind. You fellas have a good night. Good night. See y'all. See ya.